1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. If you've forgotten the difference between watching a movie and experiencing one, you need to visit Marcus Theaters. Start by visiting MarcusTheaters.com. Friday morning. Love it. Time to talk music news with our music expert, Gary Graff. Good morning, Gary. How are you? All right. How are you doing? You, uh, Fireman Jim is here for Brian this morning, by the way. Good morning, Gary. Hey, Jim. How are you? Great. Uh, He picked a great day to be here, Mr. Author, again. (laughs) Yeah. I got your Alice Cooper book in the mail here, and the first thing I thought when I opened it up is like, this is like a really... The packaging on it is like a really high-end box set that you would get for a band. I don't. I'm a snob. I don't. I don't comport with uh, you know low-end low-end publishers here. Yeah, it's only a, the best. It's it's absolutely fabulous packaging, uh-huh. and the the story the, the the topic this time around is Alice Cooper. Right. Uh, this is part of a book series, actually called At 75. This is Alice Cooper, At 75. They had done previous books on David Bowie and Elton John, and Alice is the third one out of the box. Uh, official pub date is on Tuesday the 31st, but it's pretty much out uh, right now and available where all where all books are sold, and we'll put in a plug for our brick-and-mortar brick and, and independent booksellers uh, here. But, yeah, it was a fun, fun project, the whole concept of the book, as you're seeing, is you pick 75 key topics from the artist's history, so 75 chapters. And it works as what I call a needle drop book. You can put your finger in it at any point, flip it open, and you have kind of a nice self-contained chapter that you can read unto itself. Or if you do read it front to back, soup to nuts, you get a nice biographical narrative. Can a casual Alice Cooper fan pick this book up and go, oh, well, that's interesting, or I didn't know that, or do you have to, is it for hardcore Alice fans? No, I think it's for, I, th- I think it really is an Alice Cooper primer. I think, I hope, and at least I'm hearing from hardcore fans that they're learning some things in it, and I think if you are a casual fan or, or even a novice, this is your primer. This will tell you why Alice Cooper is who he is and is as important as he is. I didn't have a chance to go through the whole thing. We just got it this morning, but I did go right to the back to acknowledge I was say, I know which page you went to. <laughs> True. I, say, I take care of my people. And there we are in the acknowledgments. It's Thanks not for the that. first time you've been acknowledged. No, I know, and I, I, I'm glad to keep the streak alive. Yeah. Thank you. It's very kind of you. Also, uh, of the 75 topics about Alice Cooper in this new book by Gary Graff, which will be available on January 30, 31st, but you say it's already available. Uh, anything about him, and I just found this out, and I keep telling people, you know who Alice Cooper's best friend was or was great friends with? Which one? I mean, he's got... <laughs> His golf buddy. Oh. Um, he's got a lot of golf buddies. Glenn including, Campbell. Including me. Oh, yeah. He, yeah no, and he and Glenn were both, you know, they were both out in Arizona, right. Phoenix area together. So right. they became, you know, they became buddies, golf buddies. But he, um, said, he, had, he, he said he could see, I watched an interview with Alice where he was talking about Glenn was bad at remembering jokes, but it got to the point where when we were golfing and he would, you would tell him a joke and he would ask you like four holes later, what's the joke? It got to be like, tell me that joke again, like every hole. And he said he knew something was up with Glenn at that point. It's interesting. I mean, one of the things I love and, you know, it was, it's fun writing about this book, writing this book is all the places you would never expect Alice Cooper to be like golfing with Glenn Campbell or on the Snoop sisters or the Muppet show or, 
the Friars Club, you know, you remember that group. It still exists, but back back in the 70s when Alice was big, it was Milton Berle and Don Knotts and Frank Sinatra and Groucho Marx and all all of these old-time comedian guys. And he, Alice has similar stories about a lot of those guys, how he watched them all age and kind of slip away. But what was interesting about that is those were the guys that got Alice. Everybody else in America was outraged by Alice. (laughs) Those guys understood the vaudeville. Uh, Alice, the Alice Cooper act. I remember seeing Alice on Phil Donahue, and he's sitting there with all these housewives. This is late 70s, like 1977, 1978. And he was trying to explain the whole purpose of an Alice Cooper show. It's a, it's a show. Right. Right. This is, this isn't, you know, I don't live like this. It's Alice is a character. This is the show. It gets a little bloody. And he was telling these women, please come to the show tonight. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. I remember that. Come see it. Yeah. It was, no, it was, it was the, at that time, it was the seventies incarnate of the Busby Berkeley musical, Mm. you know, on T or the old MGM screen musicals, Uh, you know, Gale song and dance. Another thing about Alice was Alice, you know, Alice Cooper had musicians, the band, as he toured, come and go all the time. But you, it was, how do I put this? Alice had the best players all the time. Guys who were like big time names in other bands yeah. who were kind of in between mm-hmm. waiting for something to happen. And Alice was happy when you came and Alice was happy when you left. Yeah. He's always been able to have these people, you know, come through the band, whether it's Ryan Roxy, Tommy Hendrickson, and the band now, Nita Strauss, who's the Los Angeles Rams national anthem guitar player. Uh, Orianthe, you know, has been in the band. Al Petrelli from Trans-Siberian Orchestra. You know, guys who played with Rad and, and Brother Kane and so many other bands. And yeah, he's just been, he's been a receptacle for great musicians and treats everybody nice. Like you say, is happy to have them. And if they leave, it's always on good terms. Right, he's always happy for their Mm -hmm. success. That okay, all right, I get it. I know you were. Yeah, the one thing he always tells people when they join his band is, "You will see the world. You will play to sold-out crowds, and you'll get stitches." (laughs) Because that's what happens on an Alice Cooper. He's he's you know flying the uh, the fencing foil around, and you know he's hit every one of them. They've all they've all been sliced, diced, you know, cuts or. You know, there haven't been much in the way of broken bones or things like that, but there have been sprained ankles. And it's a, it's a physical show. It's a very theatrical show. I once did a... I was part of an encore uh, for the show. And at the end, uh, when they did Elected, I was holding up a sign for the Alice Cooper Crazy Party. But when you're walking on, the stage has so much stuff on it, this and that, I rammed my knee right into a speaker box. <laughs> and I was limping for a week. So you were a casualty of Alice's too. How much did you talk to him during the making or the writing of this book? I interviewed him a couple times just as normal interviews. He was coming to town or there was something coming out, but it is an unauthorized book. So he wasn't a formal part of the process. You're kind of an outlaw writer, aren't you, Gary? (laughs) A little bit. You like being outside the the boundaries. But the, the best thing, the easy thing, quote unquote easy, about doing this one was I've talked to him. I mean, I lost count at 50. And I've, at times I've spoken with him over the years, so a lot of this book could just come from memory and my own notes. And you know, I did do plenty of research. You know, read his book, read other things about him, watched the documentaries. But you know, there was a, there was a ton of stuff that I just had 
in hand that I could build that I could build the book for. Alice Cooper at seventy five. It's out now, Gary's new book, and it is handsomely packaged oh, yeah. and it's Beautiful. heavy. It's a heavy it has, book. It has black velvet on it. Fireman Jim picked up your notes this morning and started laughing and said, Journey, what's up with these chicks? Yeah. <laughs> well, well put, Fireman Jim. Well, well put. So these guys, you know, these are guys you just want to get in a room together, right. take each of their heads, and slam them together. <laughs> your band is turning 50 years old. You are starting your 50th anniversary tour tonight. And you are suing each other, and you are sniping at each other on social media. What the you-know-what? The latest in the saga, which we've been following pretty well since it began in the fall, Jonathan Cain has now sued Neil Sean for a million dollars for misuse of the American Express card, the banned corporate American Express card, which Neil Sean originally sued John Cain for access to. (laughs) I can't keep track anymore, Gary. I can't. Basically, it's it's this easy. It's it's Neil versus Jonathan. It's about money and ego. Okay, the money part is there is this American Express card that apparently Neil Sean alleges he has not had access to, and that Jonathan Kane has been controlling. Neil wants access to it. Jonathan says Neil spends way too much money and will run us into arrears. Neil Neil is angry that Jonathan's wife apparently supposedly has access to the card. You know, there's, there's ego involved in this, of course. And they're going to tour you know, together. Without a doubt. And, but they're going to, and they did this in 2018. They, yeah. it wasn't, they weren't in court together, but they were sniping at each other, you know, on social media. But I, and I've told this story before, but I talked to the guys in Asia who were on tour with Journey that tour. And, you know, and Neil and Jonathan were just going at each other, you know, hard. And they're on tour and they're playing these shows. So I asked the Asia guys, you know, what's it like? What's it like in catering? Are they throwing food at each other? Or, yeah. you know, do they have to keep the knives away from them? And they said, no, they come in, they nod to each other. They, you know, get whatever they have to eat. And when it's time, they go on stage together and play a great show. Uh, I remember when Tom Petty was touring and Mike Campbell saying, we don't see each other very much. We see each other on stage. That's about it. Yeah. Um, but they saw each other at home. Too. Yeah. I mean, they, they work together. Well, yeah, but he said, when we're on tour, Tom has his bus. We have our buses, and you know, we're, we get on stage, and it works well for them. Yeah. So you can, I suppose you can avoid each other, right? Oh, you can, and you can and you can still you know play good music. I think, like I say, I think the tour that starts tonight is going to be a little interesting because in 2018 they weren't suing each other. And Greg Raleigh is not going to join them not, on his No, night. he's not going to be part of this, even though Neil teased that and he says he and Greg will be talking about what they're going to do later. So, you know, maybe Neil had Neil had done this Journey spinoff band and now I'm forgetting what it was called, but Greg Raleigh was part of that and it, it focused on those first, like, seven Journey albums when Greg was mm-hmm. in the band. All right. Um, the big story of the week is... Uh... Ticketmaster and Live Nation, they they were front and center. Yeah, they had their they had their moments in front of Congress. Uh, it was you know the the hearings like you know hell hath no fury like parents, grandparents, aunts or uncles who couldn't get their children, nieces, nephews, grandchildren's Taylor Swift tickets. Didn't matter what else had happened mm-hmm. over the years. You know, you mess with Taylor Swift tickets, you're going to get in trouble. So Live Nation and Ticketmaster, which are you know one and the same company were brought, you know, in front of a congressional committee, in front of a hearing on Tuesday, 
and there were some you know other witnesses there, and you know basically it was an interesting give and take in that the the folks from Ticketmaster and Live Nation were trying to keep it just on the event, on what happened with Taylor Swift and how we promised that won't happen again, this that or the other thing, whereas the legislators were focused on you know this you guys may be a monopoly. And you're not supposed to be, and we may have to do something about that. But it's the same people who told them they could team up just 11 yeah. years ago. Right. So, the gov- you know, the government does have the oversight and the, the perspective that they can change that. You know, they can either, the way those laws are written, they could always say, look, we're granting this merger this acqu- or acquisition, but we reserve the right to look at it down the road and say it's not behaving the way it should behave. Well, there were two things that jumped off the page at me. There was a mom who said, we got tickets for, for whatever show. I'm, I, maybe it was Taylor Swift. And they said, and the service charges were more were than more. the ticket itself. And then you have an artist sitting at a table saying, I make $6 a ticket. Right. Right. And then you have Ticketmaster and Live Nation saying, well, it's the artist who set the price. And they're saying, absolutely not. I find that out same as you when I sign on to their page. Right. So... The question becomes, will will Congress take any action, or was this just, you know, it's funny, this is the probably the single most bipartisan thing we may have seen in our lifetimes, uh, this, this issue. And it did bring, you know, both sides of the aisle uh, together. But are they, are they really going to do anything about it? That's what remains to be seen. And I, I can't say I have an answer to that. I don't know. If you have another crying Swifty fan, teen girl, who didn't get to see the show because tickets were $8,000. Daughter of a senator. Yeah. (laughs) Niece. Neighbor. This one hit too close to home. I mean, it it looks like there aren't as many Bruce Springsteen fans as there were Taylor Swift fans in Congress because that, that ticket sale got messed up, too. But I was told by Springsteen fans specifically, I said, there's no way I'm going. This is just a money grab tour. And they'll all wind up going. Yeah. We all say we all say that. Yeah, we, turn, we turn on our heroes, and then it's like the, it's too you know the lure is too great. All right, Oscar nominations came out this week. Yeah, yeah, we have not surprisingly Rihanna um, is kind of in the pole position. I would say with "Lift Me Up," and that's from uh, Wakanda. Or I'm sorry, that's from uh, Wakanda Forever. Yes, um, and then you also had you also had songs from uh, Top Gun. Uh, tell it like a woman. We're in there. Uh, let's see what else. RRR uh, were the nominations. The ones that were the snubs in the songs was Taylor Swift. I uh, did not get a nomination for her song for where the crawdads sing, and the weekend did not get his one for his from Avatar. And I understand uh, Congress will be investigating that as well because uh, Taylor was nominated. Just because Taylor wasn't nominated. <laughs> right, right. But uh, so you have that. Uh, Taylor. Taylor, by the way, did release a new video. Uh, overnight, so that was big. That was big news. And uh, Machine Gun Kelly got, got in, a, in a week of nominations. Was nominated for seven Razzies for his biopic Good Morning. The Razzies are not the good ones. No, was they're it that funny, bad? They're the funny. They're the funny ones. Yeah. But yeah, so he's up for worst picture, worst screenplay, uh, two nominations for worst supporting actor. Interestingly, he. Not for worst actor, so he got off the hook on that one. We're a couple of weeks away from the Super Bowl yet. Uh, what's what's your on scale of one to ten? Ten being as excited as you can be. How, are you are you ready for Rihanna at halftime? About a six. 
Okay. All right. I mean, you know, she's good. I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't feel. And maybe I'm the wrong generation for this because it is her first public performance in what six years mm-hmm. or something like that. So, and and she is huge. So for her fans, this is this is going to be a huge deal. It just doesn't. It doesn't feel like a legendary booking. Like even last year with the with you know Dre and Snoop Dogg and Fifty Cent and Eminem and Mary J. Blige. You know that felt historic that felt like that's the only this is the only time we're ever going to see this all right what about the pre-show party so we've got chris stapleton who's going to be doing the national anthem this year you've got babyface doing america the beautiful the the choir from abbott elementary the tv show are going to sing lift every voice and sing and who else is one other person do oh cheryl lee ralph is doing something and they, they have not said what, but she'll be part of that. If you're going to watch the Pro Bowl the week before, uh, the hip-hop act Racer Mood is going to be entertainment. I can feel the excitement emanating about that one. But those are our, those are our other, you know, in addition to Rihanna. All right, when was the last time, you know, you said you talked to uh, Alice Cooper plenty of times in the past. When was the last time you talked to David Crosby? Um, that would have been two years ago. He was had a stu- he had a studio album out. Was he okay? So he was was he working on this particular album that he was working on when he passed away? He would he would tell you that he's always working on stuff. So uh, came to light, you know, after his his death last week, uh, that he is he had been working on a new album, and his guitar player uh, did an interview in which he said, uh, you know, he even though. David wasn't feeling well the last few years. You know, music was his solace, so he'd been writing and recording. There are recordings around that they're now talking about what they want to do with. It sounds like he was pretty far along with this next album. His legacy, aside from his music, was he could be difficult to get along with, correct? Correct. Did you have any trouble with David Crosby? Because Neil Young and everybody else did. Yeah, oh yeah. We had we had moments, you know, he could be a prickly interview, but that's part of the fun and part part of the challenge. One thing I'll tell you about him is a brilliant guy, genuinely brilliant guy. So the challenge was to he's gonna be the smartest one in the room, but the challenge in talking to him is to is to be up near that level. And he doesn't. He never suffered fools, and so you know, if you asked a stupid question, you were going to get a withering answer. Okay, David Crosby, <laughs> you just said brilliant guy. Who else would you put in that category in the music world? You the know, other two. Yeah, yeah, Sting's up there. Okay, Dave Bowie. Bowie was brilliant. Alice is. All right. You know, there are there are a great many of them that are very very smart people. Brilliant, you said. Brilliant. Not smart, well, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, there are, and there are, there are some who, you know, you can elevate to the level of brilliance. Yeah. All right. Hey, Gary, we're out of time. But before you go, who's gonna who's going to the Super Bowl? Who do you like this weekend? I am picking the Bengals and the Eagles. All right. Very good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, congratulations on your Thank book, you. Alice Thanks. Cooper at seventy five. It's in bookstores starting Tuesday. Well, you know, theoretically, it's in some bookstores now, and okay. if you happen to see me driving around anywhere, it's in the trunk of my car. So, all right, and be somebody happy to sell you one from there. And caller eighteen just now got the copy, first copy here in town. So, Excellent. hope they enjoy yeah. it. Congratulations, them. All right, Gary, thanks for the time. Talk to you later. All right, we'll talk to you in a week, Gary Graff, our music guy. You get him on Friday mornings.